Welcome to the first in a brand new season of Yawns. I'm Omar Moore. The season preview, Watford Football Club and the Watford Women. How will things shake out this season? The season is just days away for the men and for the women also not too far away as well as the World Cup continues in Australia and New Zealand. All of that on this brand new season of Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new season of You Orns. It's great to have you here, Watford fans across the world. Thank you very much indeed for tuning in. We are just days away now, days away now, from the start of the football season in England in the EFL. And that means your club and my club and our club, the club we love, Watford Football Club, gets underway. The men will kick off their season this coming Saturday, August the 5th, 2023. Yes, that's right. My goodness me. The season has begun. And well, it really will begin very, very shortly indeed. And so, my goodness me, it's been a whirlwind here the last few months, of course. I've stayed away from lots of things to do with Watford because it's just good to have a holiday and take a nice break. But I've been following from afar, and Watford, of course, has undergone a lot of changes on the pitch in the last few months since the last edition of this podcast. As you know by now, Craig Cathcart said his goodbyes, Tom Cleverley said his goodbyes on the pitch, but he, of course, has become part of the academy team coaching staff with Watford. Dan Gosling said his goodbyes. Joe Hungbo moved on as well. And so did Christian Cabaselli, Domingos Kina, Ismail Assar, and Hassan Kamara. And I want to play for you what Hassan Kamara had to say on his goodbye to Watford fans. Dear Watford fans, it's time to say goodbye. And while I remember everything that has happened over the past 17 months, I know that it won't be easy. We've been through a lot. With you, I discovered the Premier League and the Championship. I've had the privilege of playing for this club in amazing stadiums against top players. So round him, he tries to get round Camaro and he's beaten him as well. Camaro gets back then.
course with incredible teammates. I gave everything on the pitch. But I also had fun. Kamara battling down the left hand. Skill from Kamara. Kamara across goal. Header again from Sal off the post. And they even scored. Kamara on the front foot here. And he's found a way through. This experience made me grow as a player. Thanks to you, I've learned what it means to be part of the Watford family. And even when I was not successful, at my lowest, you have never let me down. I will never forget Watford. I was hoping to give you back all the love you gave me. You may not have been promoted last season, and I'm truly gutted. But this past year and a half has been the best of my career so far. Thanks for both the roses and thorns. It's hard to say goodbye. So let's say, until next time, lads. Yours truly, Hassan Kamar. All the very best of luck to Hassan Kamara, who I thought, for the most part, conducted himself um, as a really model professional. Now, there were times, of course, last season where Hassan Kamara did not. And I certainly made reference to those and was very clear about my thoughts on those. And he did not have, I think, a very good season last season for Watford. He missed at least seven games due to a yellow card accumulation and a couple of red cards that he got where he let himself and the team down. Certainly not the best second season for Hassan Kamara. But in his first season, he picked up in just a matter of months, literally five and a half months, player of the season during that relegation campaign in the Premier League, where I thought he was by far the player with the best attitude and the best professionalism and also displayed on the pitch some leadership at a time where most others were severely lacking of it. So Hassan Kamara says his goodbyes, and I thought it was a very heartfelt message there, released by Hassan Kamara, you know, over the last few weeks uh, on Instagram. Um, I think it's Hassan underscore K-A-M-A-R-A. So that would be where you'd be able to see the video for the message you just heard. And I do wish uh, Hassan Kamara very well indeed. He was, I think, in the first season particularly, a really good professional at this club. And he interacted with the Watford fan base better than anyone. I, I thought that he was someone who uh, was a tremendous interactor with the fans. And the fans really loved him, took to him. Um, yes, again, not the best of seasons in the second go-round at Watford. But definitely somebody I think the fans connected with. At least many of the Watford supporters did. And I wish him all the very best of success. He is at Udinese now on a permanent transfer there. Now, as I said, all the rest of the players I mentioned, they've all gone, not coming back. Craig Cathcart, that was no surprise, of course, Craig Cathcart um, getting on now in his career. Uh, 
Um, I think he was a great Watford servant. There's no question about that. Craig Cathcart gave you leadership. He gave you example on the pitch, no matter whether he was hurt or not. He would always give you 110%, no matter whether he was at his best or not on the pitch. He would always give 110% commitment and attitude. And you cannot, cannot ever discount those things. And Craig Cathcart, I wish him all the very best of success as he moves on in his footballing career. And I want to say thank you to him as well as thank you to Hassan Kamara for his his time at Watford, particularly Craig Cathcart. Thank you for being a leader. Thank you for uh, your 110% commitment every match. Again, every match, Craig Cathcart made commitments, scored important goals. I remember the one that was a very important goal back in 2015 against Birmingham City. At the Vic, it was a nil-nil game. Watford were firmly ensconced in the promotion race that year to the Premier League, of course. And in that championship game, with just under, what, 12 minutes or so to go, whatever it was, Craig Cathcart scored a very important goal, a side foot volley. And that really was um, a very important goal for Watford. Kept their promotion uh, chase going, kept them, I think, in the top two at the time, something like that. Bottom line is Craig Cathcart scored what was a great goal and it happened to be the only goal of that game against Birmingham City at the Vic back in 2015. And that one gave Watford a famous 1-0 victory and propelled them and continued their push for promotion. And of course, you know, as I said, they would uh, end up getting promoted. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it was that season that they would go up. Yes, it was the end of that season that they'd be promoted. Of course, a 2-0 win at Brighton, of course, followed, uh, coupled with Fulham's win over Middlesbrough uh, at Craven Cottage later on in the evening that would give Watford the confirmation of promotion to the Premier League. So Craig Cathcart, big moments he was involved in. Another big goal from him, as you might remember, was back in 2018 in the Premier League. And it was once again at Vicarage Road, Watford against Tottenham Hotspur. You may remember that one. Uh, Craig Cathcart scored the goal that, if memory serves me, put Watford up 1-0 at the time. Uh, Might have been 2-0, but I think it was 1-0 at the time. And it was a terrific goal from Cathcart, a header. Actually, Watford were trailing in the game because, uh, if I remember correctly, it was uh, Abdullah Dukure who scored an own goal to give... Tottenham Hotspur a 1-0 halftime lead and then in the second half Watford scored twice and I think Craig Cathcart scored the first goal to give uh, Watford an equaliser and then it was Troy Deeney who would score I believe the second goal that would give Watford all three points maybe that was the other way around but the bottom line is Craig Cathcart has scored some important goals he scored off a header to give Watford I think a 1-1 there at that moment my, you know, but the bottom line is, is that Craig Cathcart has been instrumental in a lot of big moments for Watford leadership, quiet leader, but somebody I think that Watford fans will look back on fondly over the course of the number I think eight or nine seasons he was here at least. Um, and I, I thought he gave you everything he could as a Watford player. Dan Gosling left, of course, as I mentioned, uh, Dan Gosling was not here for a long time, but I'll remember Dan Gosling for what he did. In the game against Norwich City, in fact, two games against Norwich City, uh, Dan Gosling came up very, very big. One away and one at home. The the away game, if you remember, cast your minds back to April of 2021. On that day at a closed Carrow Road, of course, during the pandemic at Norwich, 
Watford in their black kits. You may remember those from the championship that they had a few short seasons ago. Watford ended up getting a 1-0 win against Norwich City behind closed doors due to the pandemic. As it was, Dan Gosling scoring a goal, side-footed the ball into the back of the Norwich net um, to give Watford all three points in that very important clash. Norwich at at that time were top of the table in the championship. Watford were in second place trying to cement an automatic promotion place. And so they were trying to chase down Norwich with a chance to actually win the championship. But they would not do that, as we know. They did, though, cement automatic promotion. Literally, um, I think the game after that was against Millwall. Of course, you know uh, what happened then. I'll talk about that in a minute. But the bottom line is that Dan Gosling scored a very important goal. They're the only goal of that game to give Watford all three points in that promotion chase. But Watford would end up getting promoted, as I said. And then Dan Gosling against Norwich just this past season, last season, in the championship at Vicarage Road, when Dan Gosling made a great tackle on one of the Norwich players who was bearing in on goal. And it looked for all the world that uh, Norwich was going to get an equalizer in the game. Uh, But Dan Gosling, who actually ran and ran and ran for days to help out Craig Cathcart, who um, was not able to really get uh, in position to get to the ball, And it was Dan Gosling who really ran and made a great uh, interception and forced the ball out of touch, out to play, out of play. And that was a really important challenge there late in that game against Norwich at Vicarage Road. Watford would hold on to win 2-1. So those are the two moments I remember Dan Gosling for. I think he had a number uh, some leadership and uh, he'll be moving on. So thank you, Dan. And thank you, everyone else. Joe Hungbo, I really wish he had more of a chance at Watford. He did not get that chance, really, at Watford, did he? He was on loan at several clubs. He scored a great goal for one of the clubs he was at loan at. Forget the name of the club at the minute. And um, I thought that he had a number of things for Watford that could really help Watford. But obviously, um, with the new manager now, um, that obviously is not something that uh, Valerian Ishmael is interested in. And there we have it. So Joe Hungbo moving on to greener pastures. I do hope that he does succeed. Christian Cabaselli, of course, uh, has been a mainstay at Watford for a number of years now. I thought he had an outstanding first few seasons at Watford. But uh, along the way, Christian Cabaselli um, was not um, of the quality and caliber that he had initially been once he had been at Watford. So Hassan uh, Camera moves on and Christian Cabaselli moves on. Um, Christian Cabaselli, really the last three or four seasons at this club, turned more into a Watford ambassador than he did really um, a skilled defender. Let's be really honest about that. Not quite the same player. And I think that's being very generous to Mr. Cabaselli. But he certainly did carry the Watford flag off the pitch. I thought that he was terrific uh, in terms of what he did leadership-wise off the pitch, did the things that the club wanted him to do. Um, I thought that he was a good ambassador, but of course on the pitch, not so much in the last couple of seasons, um, really made a number of mistakes that hurt Watford on the pitch. But again, um, Christian Cabaselli moves on, and um, I do wish him well as he moves on in his footballing career. Domingos Kina, another player that I don't think Watford gave enough of a chance to. Um, maybe there were concerns around Kina. Uh, maybe it was work ethic. Maybe whatever it was, you know, he did attend the COVID party. 
with Andre Gray and uh, Nate Chalaber. Um, we all know about all of that. But I think now Domingos Kina moves on. But I think, uh, in a way, this is someone whose uh, talent and potential, I think, um, just never got a chance to truly shine at Watford. Granted, he did play in 2019 during that Premier League season that Watford had. You remember the 2018-19 season saw Watford do very well, ended up finishing 11th in the table and, of course, going to the FA Cup final. But Domingos Kina, he scored a few goals in the Premier League, I think two or three, one against Huddersfield, I remember, um, famously. I think one against Cardiff as well, perhaps. Domingos Kina, I thought, was a good player, a good midfielder. But obviously, um, I don't think that that's the player that obviously uh, Valerian Ishmael is interested in keeping. So that is all I can say there. Ismail Assar, well, it's been coming for a long time and we all knew it. Um, we'd all said it for a number of months. Ismail Assar, and including myself, was not going to be a Watford player um, when the during the summer, by the time we got to the summertime. And that's what's happened as we are in summer. Ismail Assar has said his goodbyes. He moves on. I think he's going to Nantes or Nice. I think it's Nantes. So he's going to France to play his football. And, you know, I do want to thank Ismail Assar for the really good memories he gave us when he was here, obviously the two goals against Liverpool, the goal against Millwall, as they referred to Millwall earlier when Watford got promoted, he scored the all-important only goal of that game from the penalty spot it was in the 12th minute of that game or the 14th minute of that game at the Vic behind closed doors in April of 2021, April the 25th to be precise if I'm not mistaken there. And uh, that goal behind closed doors of the Vic gave Watford three points and a place in the Premier League. So for that, for Ismail Assar, I'll always be grateful and happy. And of course, the wonder goal that he scored last season against West Brom that was EFL goal of the season. Of course, it always was going to be. He scored that nearly a year ago now. Can you believe that? It's been almost exactly a year uh, since that has happened. So the bottom line here is that Ismail Assar leaves, I think, mostly with good memories. But of course, there have been lots of times where Ismail Assar has, I think, let himself down and let the club down. And I think the fans, some fans really have not been happy with him. I will include myself amongst those Watford supporters who have not been happy with Ismail Assar. Uh, I think sometimes, you know, he was a very mercurial footballer. He wanted to just get his job done on the pitch and then really not do anything else. Um... Which, listen, I understand that that matters, but you've got to interact with the fans. You've got to interact with the club. You've got to do these things. This is part of the contractual obligation of the club and all the rest of it. And I think Ismail Assar um, fell short on a number of things, including his professionalism, um, the injury situation, which he can't control. But there would just be some very interesting, to say the least, things that would happen with him. Um Injured all of a sudden for Watford, but then in a few weeks he's playing internationally and seemingly not injured at all. So, you know, those kinds of things rankled the average Watford fan, including myself. Those kinds of things irritated you about Ismail Assar. Also the feeling that he would just mail it in. He would come in and give a performance when he wanted to. And then when he didn't want to, he just didn't do it. And he did not put in a shift nearly enough. And that was the lament, the disappointment around Ismail Assar. Did not commit to football 110% of the time on the pitch. You know, he would g give you an effort sometimes, and when it wasn't going well for him on the pitch, he would sulk and it would show in the body language and he wouldn't track back. In fact, a lot of times he would not track back and he would not 
give a shift to help his teammates. And, you know, he was one of the players on this team who was, I think, very self-centered and, you know, only cared about what he was doing and not necessarily really about what other players were doing. Now, granted, he was someone, speaking of being selfish, that this would belie this. He did lead the team in assists last season, if memory serves me, and he was a good assist man, but that's when he wanted to do it. And football, particularly English football, requires that you put in a shift 110% of the time. You cannot waffle, you cannot waver, you cannot wobble. And so Ismail Assar leaves. Look, I'm thankful for his time here, not thankful for the things um, that weren't so good. And we move on from there. And I do wish Ismail Assar the very best, also in his international career. I do hope he continues to thrive there. And I do want to thank him for the times he scored very important goals, as I've mentioned, for Watford. And uh, I think really being a talisman, a, you know, a star at this club at times. And of course, he was player of the season for Watford in that championship season of 2021. Uh, that was not even close. Um, but again, since that time, never really produced anything more at Watford. And so there's more disappointment, I think, in Ismail Assar from me as a Watford supporter uh, at this point, because the last two or three years after that player of the season in 2021, Ismail Assar really had gone off the boil and had become more of a liability, I think, for Watford than he had a help for Watford. So that's my positioning on Ismail Assar. I do wish him well. And I just wanted to talk about what has happened in part since the end of last season on the pitch as far as the Watford men are concerned. When I come back, I'm going to be talking about the Watford women before I get back, of course, to the Watford men and talk about some of the things that have happened in continuation on this brand new season, this first episode of start of the season um, we've come so far as a group we're so together um, we've worked so hard to get where we are um, and it's a good opportunity to showcase um, the talented group that we have this game means absolutely everything to me we worked so hard this season and I just hope that it pays off and hopefully next year we are back where we belong and that's back in the championship it means everything it means everything to me it means everything to the team it means everything to the staff we work hard, we train hard, you know, our goals are to dream big and, you know, to be given this opportunity and this chance to be at the playoff and doing everything that we have to do to, to make this happen for Watford women. It, it's phenomenal. This game means everything to me and obviously all the girls. We've come so far this season and we're such a close group. So, yeah, we're just ready to go out there on Saturday and give it everything and make everyone proud that's helped us get here along the way. And at the end of last season, the Golden Girls made us all proud. Watford women absolutely did Watford proud as they returned to the championship at the end of last season. That 
key playoff game against Nottingham Forest, of course, who they defeated. Poppy Wilson's goal, the goal of the season, and would deservedly so for Watford. I think it's very clear that that was the most important goal of the season as well last season. And Watford are raring to go as the season begins. It will begin on August the 27th. And Watford in the offseason have signed some new players, a couple of new players of note. And there have been others, but particularly Coral Haynes, who uh, comes over uh, to Watford. And uh, will certainly be a very important asset, a midfielder who can create and who can do some very important things to help Watford bolster a place not only in the championship but push for promotion from there as well and Watford also signed Harley Bennett she is a defender who Watford are familiar with and both of those signings will be very important ones for Watford as they get back on the football pitch coming up on August the 27th and they are going to be I think, um, look, I think they're going to do very well. There'll be a challenge. Of course, the championship is a step up from where they were. The Barclays Women's Championship. And their first game, by the way, in that Women's Championship will be against the Durham women on the 27th. That is a Sunday. They'll be playing all their home games at Wheelstone's ground once again. Grove and Vale, of course, where they fared so very well last season. And for Watford, I think the job is going to have to be to maintain the momentum and bring all of the success of last season into this brand new season. Most of this group, of course, has been kept together, which I think is very important. Helen Ward, of course, has retired from the game of football, but many of the players are going to be back, um, and some have extended their contracts. Jackie Goldschmidt, who, of course, was a mainstay throughout much of the season last season for Watford. She has signed a uh, second season deal, which I think was very important. Megan Chandler has extended her contract as well with a number of others. And Mywald, who is one of the more veteran leaders of this team, um, she also has extended her time at Watford. Sophie McLean as well. Most of these uh, players who I think have been very impactful for Watford over the last season or two, coming back again for another campaign. Dre Georgiou, who I thought was an excellent presence in midfield. I thought she was terrific uh, last season. I think she had her best season in her professional career uh, with Watford last season. She is back as well. Ali Palish will be back as well. Also, she is the American uh, who is back, um, plays for the Republic of Ireland internationally, um, but she is based in the U.S., and she will be back as well. So all of these players and also Annie Rossiter coming back again. She got eight goals last season. Annie did. And uh, she's back again at Watford. And also Poppy Wilson, of course, uh, the most important goal of Watford season. She returns as well. 15 goals last season for Poppy Wilson. Really one of the very, very um, top target players. Watford have, and of course, Flo Fife, um, who you know had a mixed season last season, but she would back a lot of it due to injury. But she did have some key moments in that season last season. And also, who uh, could I ever forget? I could never forget any of these players. Bianca Baptiste, one of the most engaging uh, and skilled players on this team. Um, really, really good player down that uh, 
wing on the right side. She does some excellent things. Scored a big-time goal against Oxford United, you might remember, in that very important game late last season that uh, Watford came from behind to win 2-1. She scored a, a whopping equaliser, wonder goal, that really did uh, put Watford on the map at the Vic in that game. Uh, several months back, you may remember. Very important indeed. So it's been just great to see all these players back. Gemma Davison's also back. And Ellie Head also back. She is now with Watford uh, on a permanent basis. So look, these are the players that were the nucleus, really, of, of last season's success. And I certainly expect that they're going to continue to go from strength to strength. And, uh, of course, the manager is back as well, isn't he? Damon Lethrope. Um, of course, I have problems pronouncing his name because I probably got it wrong just there. Um, um, but it's Lathrope or Lathrop or however you pronounce Damon's last name. Just pronounce it success. So pronounce it winner because he's, he's done an excellent job. We know uh, what he did his first season, and that's really um, the season last season. But that's really, he's been an absolute uh, real important manager there, the head coach there, Damien Lefrop, who has done an excellent job as well. And also to all the backroom staff and uh, the whole staff at Watford who have got um, really a solid foundation here with these footballers who you can tell are together, who you can tell uh, are fully committed to the task, and with the additions that they have, and I mentioned them earlier, I think that this team can continue to compete very well in what will be a very rigorous championship campaign. I think the advantage for Watford here is that they are going to learn from the last championship campaign a couple of seasons ago, of course, when they fell short at the very end of the season, losing in their very last game, literally the late, really the last kick of the game of their season losing at home to Coventry in the battle really was a relegation match between those two sides. Whoever won that match was going to stay in the division. And of course, that meant whoever lost it would not. And Watford lost it very late on in that game against Coventry a couple of seasons back. Watford would have learned from that. And I think that that is an important thing that will stand them, I think, in some measure of good stead as the season begins in August on the 27th. I think that you've got to look at that. You've got to look at the resilience of this team. They've been through a lot of adversity the last year or two, lots of injuries. We've seen a lot of change uh, on the player personnel side of things at Watford. And I think there's no reason why this group of professionals who really do love and care about each other, you can see the chemistry with this side. They love each other genuinely as teammates, as people. And they also, look, they, they also obviously respect the manager a great deal. Damon has brought a lot to the table, as has his staff. And they are all on the same hymn sheet page, if you will. And I think that they can continue that. Now, again, of course, the championships a step up. But for me, no reason why this group of footballers can't do uh, great things this season. Obviously, um, they've got the nucleus of the team back, of course, minus uh, Helen Ward, of course, who has retired. And uh, there may have been one or two other departures. But the bottom line is, is that these players, I think, are they exactly the kinds of players you need, uh, the kind of strength-to-strength -strength play that you need. And I think that they can build what they've got. They've got the preseason games that they're going to be doing. Um, but the bottom line is, when all is said and done, the start of the season for Watford 
will be August the 27th. They will be in um, the game at home against Durham. That's on the 27th, as I said. And then the rest of their fixtures go like this. In September, they play the London City Lionesses. That's an away game. Um, then they will play on the 10th of September, the Charlton Athletic Team. Then on the 17th, it's Blackburn Rovers at home. So those first two in September are away. Blackburn Rovers at home at the Vale. Then in October, it's Sunderland away. Uh, Southampton at home. Lose Lewis at home as well. And then uh, they close out October on the 22nd away at Birmingham City. In November, they are hosting the Crystal Palace team away to Reading and then home on the 19th of November against Sheffield United. Then there's a month-long break and that will see them uh, going to December. So they'll take a month between games December 17th, hosting London City again. And then in January, they have another break. They've got about almost five weeks off between the game in September. Their only game so uh, in that fixture list for de- December. And then they'll be back a month and a half, or about, well, just say five weeks later, in January to start the new year, 2024, hosting, uh, excuse me, away at Southampton. Then they've got Durham away. And then they go into February, home against Birmingham City on the 4th. And then uh, two weeks later, away to Sheffield United. Then in March, on the 3rd of March, home against Charlton. Away two weeks later to Lewis. And then away again to Crystal Palace the following week on the 24th. And then away at home, rather, against Sunderland on the 31st of March. And then the final two games of the championship season in the fixture list for Watford on April the 21st. They will be away at Blackburn and then they will close out the championship campaign at home on the 28th of April against Reading. So that's how it works for Watford for the uh, championship season coming up again the 27th of August against Durham. So that's how it is for Watford. Lots of challenges ahead, but I'm excited about this team. I think this Watford team can do a lot of good things as far as... Um, the Barclays Championship is concerned. I am excited about what's to come. They've made a few small uh, uh, a few small tweaks and some significant uh, signings. But I think a lot of the times the best signings you make are the ones you don't make. And that is bringing back the nucleus and the whole group together. I think that's a very good thing for Watford. I think it pr- provides stability, not too much disruption. And I think it, it really gives you a focus and purpose and also gives them motivation to build upon the great things they did last season, beating Nottingham Forest in that all-important playoff final at MK Dons after the fact, of course, you know that they lost in the FA Cup final to the very same team just, what, a month or two before. So... This is a lot of a lot of good things, I think, coming from Watford and Damon Lathrop. Um, I, I am very excited about what the future holds for them. Of course, it's a new league, back in the championship. Of course, it will get tougher and tougher. But I think the spirit, the strength, the professionalism and the resilience of this set of footballers, I think will stand them in very good stead. And don't forget, throughout this a brand new season edition and throughout this campaign for yawns, I'll be following very closely the progression of Watford as they do battle in the women's championship. Best of luck 
to all the golden girls in this brand new season. So it was great. So it was great to put on the threads and um, yeah, feel feel that new environment. And I'm, I'm looking forward to getting ready to go. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a good few weeks now, to be fair. Uh, while I was in preseason with Newcastle, uh, once I heard the interest, I was extremely happy uh, with a club of uh, Watford's calibre to be able to come and help the club uh, achieve something special and, and get back to the Premier League was definitely something of my interest so I was uh, yeah, definitely happy to hear, hear from them. Definitely for me after speaking to the coach, uh, he sold me on his idea, his philosophy, the culture that he wants to bring in with, within the club on and off the pitch and yeah it really resonated with me as a player um, and uh, yeah something that I definitely wanted to be part of. Most importantly my, my friends and family get to see me more often, get to see me play week in week out. Um, which is obviously a, it's a lovely thing for them to, to share these moments with your friends and family when uh, in, in reality your career is quite short. So yeah, I'm just uh, super appreciative of the, the opportunity that I've been given here and I'm, I'm ready and raring to go. Uh, definitely enjoyable days at Norwich and uh, yeah, be, being able to be part of a, a very successful team that, that played well within the league definitely has helped me and uh, yeah, hopefully I can bring a lot of knowledge and guidance to the, the, the team that, uh, that, I'm, that I'm with now. And yeah, just, just help. As obviously everybody knows, the championship schedules are very hectic. It's, it can be difficult, um, but yes, enjoyable. When you, when you get momentum and you're winning games, it's a, it's a very enjoyable experience as a footballer. So I hope to be part of that and, and help as much as I can. Yeah, super excited. Um, I've played at Vicarage Road a couple of times and yeah, love the atmosphere, uh, the, the vibe that the fans gave off. So yeah, I'm super excited to step on the pitch and, and show them and give them all that I've got. And that was Watford new man Jamal Lewis there. And he is one of the new additions to the Watford men's team in the first team for this season. Jamal Lewis, formerly of Norwich and Newcastle among his footballing clubs. And he is just 25 years old, a left back who was signed by Watford just a few short days ago. And he will be expected, I think, to make an immediate impact in Valerian Ishmael's first team when the season gets underway in just a few days' time. Jamal Lewis, I think, is going to be a really good, bright spark. And also, of course, he'll be, I'm sure, competing for that left-back position to start left-back with James Morris, who I thought did very well last season. And he now, of course, is a an official professional, and he will certainly be playing some games there, I would imagine. But if I had to guess, Jamal Lewis probably will start the game against Queen's Park Rangers this coming Saturday at left back. We'll see about that. We'll see how all of that shakes out. But back to the men's team now for Watford. And I do think that it's a really unknown bag this season for Watford. Unlike the women's team where you can see the togetherness and the nucleus of players who know each other well and who have great chemistry. Anything... Anything could go with this men's team now. Now, there's been a lot of shifts, as I talked about earlier in this episode. A lot of the players who were here last season are gone, as we expected. And I think a few of those 
who had gone, not necessarily naming names, but maybe you can read between the lines and think about who they were and are. Some of those players were not good for Watford in terms of the system and in terms of the attitude. The attitude was not good amongst some of the players. And so some of those players have gone. Many of those players have gone. I think the players who are left at Watford are players who I think can, can, and I put that advisedly, can make a difference. And there's a new head coach, and that does help as well. Valerian Ishmael, who I still think is either an unknown quantity or somebody who could really torpedo things, um, is now in charge at Watford, firmly in charge, as is Mr. Manga. And we know of Mr. Manga, who, uh, Ben Manga, that is, who is really now taking over these responsibilities in lieu of the owner himself. But I do think that this now is Valerian Ishmael's team. He has signed a number of players, including Jake Livermore, who have played with him before, played under him before. You may remember Jake Livermore was at West Bromwich Albion with Valerian Ishmael. Jake Livermore, a veteran footballer from London. He's the kind of player who is a rugged player. He has been known to get a red card or two in his time. Um, but he is a steely veteran who is going to be, I think, important in this go-round for Watford. The other new players, Reese Healy, a prolific striker at Toulouse. He's originally from the UK, is Reese Healy. And I think that he will be, I think, Republic of Ireland specifically, which is not the UK. Um, he's not from Northern Ireland. I think he's from the Republic of Ireland. So that would mean he is from Ireland, uh, obviously, and someone who had been prolific in French football. And he played for Toulouse, scored a load of goals for them. And, of course, he's with Watford now, expected to do the same thing. Reese Healy is like 26, 27, 28, somewhere around there. But Reese Healy is going to be one of the strikers that Watford will have in the men's team this season. Tom Ince, a veteran as well, signed as well. Of course, Tom Ince has been a journeyman. He's been uh, to a number of teams, Blackpool amongst them. Um, he, he's been, I think, it was at Swansea at one point. He's been all over the map. Tom Ince has been a prolific goal scorer in his own right, but I get the feeling that Tom Ince's best days in terms of his prolific days of goal scoring have kind of gone by him. Um, and I don't mean to be too much of a doomsayer on this first episode of a brand new season of You Orns, but one of the things that Watford, and I think the fans of Watford, and we know this very clearly, um, are going to be doing is trying to get players in at bargain prices or on free transfers. Because again, the money simply isn't there at this club. We know of the financial troubles and struggles. We know of them. The debt, what, over 200 million pounds of debt? Between 100 million and 200 million pounds of debt, if not more, at this club. So with all of that in mind, the budgetary considerations have to be there and they have to be smart ones. It's one of the things that I complained about last season is that we had not spent wisely and uh, had been getting contracts for, for all kinds of people in here and managers in here the last couple of seasons or beyond who were getting pay big paydays for only being here for three or four months. And it really didn't make a whole lot of sense. And you know who I'm talking about, Mr. Rhymes with Roy Hodgson. Um, it didn't make a lot of sense. And now the Watford brass have to be more responsible about the kinds of decisions they're making with the money and with everything else. Now, look, this is not all their fault. They did not start this. They inherited this mess. But it has now become something that is of major concern to a lot of the Watford fans who really do care about this. And it's a, it's a consideration that I think realistic we have to look at. And 
I do think that when you get the likes of a Jake Livermore and a Tom Ince, you're you know you're getting these players, even though some of these players they may be you know not in the prime of their careers anymore. You are getting reliable professionals. Jake Livermore is a reliable professional. Tom Ince is a reliable professional. So one thing, and you're getting them for relatively next to nothing. So that's something you've got to look at. I think at this point, it's much more about structure and discipline and work ethic, as you um, um, may have heard there uh, in that piece of audio there from Jamal Lewis. Certainly Tom Livermore's talked about this. Those are things you really want at Watford now. You want a team of players, a group of players, a squad of players who are going to graft, who are going to be committed. And that's what you want, which you haven't had the last two seasons or so, are players at Watford in the men's team who are committed to grafting. You've just not had that. You've maybe had four players, who four or five players who are, and then the rest of the team, five or six players who are not committed to grafting, who are not committed to doing the dirty work, who are not committed to tracking back. And I guarantee you that the squad of players, the team that uh, Ismail puts out there, Valerian puts out there, on the opening day, this coming weekend, I am pretty darn confident uh, to you um, that they're going to be working really hard. Valerian Ishmael, one thing we know about him is he doesn't tolerate slouches. He doesn't. And he is really clear about that. But what we don't know about Valerian Ishmael is when the first three-game losing streak happens, how is he going to respond to that? And how are the players going to respond to it? When they lose, because they're going to have a streak like that, every team does, where they lose three or four matches in a row. What is the prescription going to be? And how are these players going to bounce back? And what are Valerian's tactics going to be around that? Because again, this is also about psychological makeup of these players. And I think you've got an assemblage of players now um, with Reese Healy, a veteran, really. Tom Ince, a veteran. You've got Jake Livermore, who's a veteran, who I think are going to be important. Now, Jake Livermore is part of the group who are in the captaincy staff. And one of the things that I do want to jump to is Daniel Backman, because he's been made the captain of this team. I was quite surprised by that in some ways. I know he's the most senior player on the team now, after both Craig Cathcart and Tom Cleverley have moved on, although Cleverley is very much a part of the Watford fixture, as I mentioned earlier on in this episode. But one of the things that I was surprised at was Daniel Batman, despite being the most senior player now, given the captaincy. I did not think that he would have been the best choice. This is someone who got sent off against Huddersfield. This is the guy who was throwing his uh, um, goalkeeping gloves and just losing his cool. He has apologized for that. He's taken responsibility for that. I think one of the things is it, it, I, I'm guaranteeing you now Daniel Batman will have to control his temper and learn to be a much more even keel. I happen to believe that he has learned that lesson. He's apologized. I do think now as a 25-year-old who has now signed a five-year deal extension, that's a really encouraging thing uh, because I think Daniel Batman has been very good at goal. I know there are Watford fans who criticize his distribution and his kick, his kicking Sometimes that is an issue. I would certainly agree with that. But what you really want to start with are people who are going to graft for the Watford cause. Daniel Batman has not been a slouch. I mean, you can say a lot of things about Daniel Batman. One of them is that he is not a slouch. 
He will make a mistake here and there. Definitely, that will happen. Um, sometimes his goalkeeping um, positioning is not as strong. But I do think that he has learned. I do think he will be better. And I do think that he, listen, last season he got us about 10 to 15 extra points on the season. That you cannot take away, despite some of the things that some Watford fans uh, object to with Daniel Batman. Daniel Batman got us at least 10 to 15 points yet uh, last season. So I think you've got to factor that in the mix. I also think that uh, Daniel Batman will be a solid professional this season. I think he knows the responsibility of what the captaincy means. It's something that Tom Cleverley took very seriously. It's something that Craig Cathcart took very seriously when he was made captain at times during the last season. And I would even say as well, Christian Cabaselli, I think, took that role seriously, even though sometimes his play on the pitch um, perhaps was not as stellar. Let's put it that way. But I think now that you have Daniel Batman, a five-year deal, 25 years old, uh, whatever his age is now, I think it's 25, and a five-year deal and a captaincy, that takes him to his 30th birthday or thereabouts. I think that he's going to take on that role very seriously and lead by example. I expect he will. I think Ken Semmer should have been made captain. He's part of the captaincy group, the staff. I would have made Ken Semmer captain, despite not being there as long as Batman. I think Ken Semmer embodies all those qualities as a captain. He is, I think, a leader by example. He will give you 120% every game, even when he's not having his best game. He has been a key assist man between him and Ismail Saw last season. I don't know. It was very close, but I think Saw may have led in assists. But definitely Ken Summer wouldn't have been far behind. Um, the king of the assists, King Ken, I think um, should have been made captain. That's my view. That's my, view. That's my take. You, Ken Summer never says boo to anybody. He's a, a silent leader. He's vocal as well at times. And I think the fans take to Ken Summer and they respect him. Um, I know that some fans, like everything else, and no, not every fan will like a player. It happens in every situation. But Ken Summer, for me, is a model professional. He will graft for you. He has been a key player throughout his time at Watford. And I think he would have been the captain and should have been the captain on this team. I, that's just me. But he is in the captaincy staff. So he is one of those players who may, might be a vice captain, might be someone who can provide you something. But he's got a lot of leadership and experience. And I would like to see um, Ken Semmer at some point be captain. I would have put picked him over Daniel Batman. But that's just me. That is just my sole opinion. When I come back, I'll be talking a bit more about the Watford men as they shape up for this brand new season, looking at some other changes and the manager himself, Mr. Valerian Inchmel, will be talking about, um, I'll be talking about what I see coming down the pike from him. I've already given you a little bit of what I think about that, plus, of course, the preseason for Watford and whether or not that bodes well or otherwise. That's all coming up on the other side of this break. For you ons. Everything we do on the pitch, we do with intensity. With ball, without the ball, we do with intensity. When we pass the ball, we pass the ball with intensity. We move the ball quickly. We want the ball. When we lose the ball, we regain the ball as quick as possible. When we press, we press with aggressiveness to gain the ball as quick as possible to force the opponent to have mistakes. 
So everything we do, intensity is above everything. We have seven weeks time to learn it and to make sure we can reinforce the message every day. Yeah, and that is what Valerian Ishmael is going to be doing with this team. And uh, I told you earlier that Valerian Ishmael is someone who doesn't tolerate slouches and is someone who is very fastidious and someone who is not going to tolerate any slacking off. And you heard him just there in that audio. And again, thank you, Watford Football Club, for all the audio that you've heard, by the way, throughout the course of this episode, except for, of course, the Hassan Kamara farewell, which came from, of course, Hassan Kamara himself on Instagram. And this is really the remit now. No slouches allowed at this football club. I don't care who we're talking about. And that includes the front office and the owner. It includes everybody. It includes us as fans. We have to hold this team and this ownership accountable. I'll get to that bit later, but I want to really focus on Valerian Ishmael and this team and what the forecast I have and expect this season coming up. Um, You heard the audio there and you now know that there is a significant shift in personnel at Watford as we were many of us hoping for as Watford supporters. And we're now seeing this. We're seeing this out with the old, in with the new. A couple of veterans have come in. And then we have a lot of different players. Oh, I should say five or six different players, really, in earnest. And then you have the academy that's being bedded in. The likes of a Toby Adeyemo, who, of course, really dazzled in the few games he played for Watford last season coming up from the academy. The likes of James Morris, who I've talked about earlier. The likes of Ryan Andrews, who I have been very impressed with uh, thus far. Ryan Andrews made a really strong impact at Watford amidst a very dismal season last season. And I think he showed you that he belongs in this men's first team. The way that he has committed himself enthusiastically by his play and his leadership. That is a future captain, by the way, of this club as well. Down the line, of course, Ryan Andrews is only 19 or 18 years old, for God's sakes, who has really put himself about, about rather, at right back. I would like to see how he progresses. Um, one to watch is Ryan Andrews. But I do think that this team is going to have a different attitude about it based on what I'm seeing so far Of course, we will find out once the whistle blows on Saturday, August 5th against Queen's Park Rangers at the Vic as to whether or not we will see that new attitude. Of course, Watford are playing two home games to start their season, the Watford men, because as you know, this game against Queen's Park Rangers was supposed to be at Loftus Road. But because their pitch is not ready yet, Queen's Park Rangers and Watford agreed to switch the venue to Vicarage Road and then play the game, I guess, in January or February that was supposed to be at Vicarage Road instead at Loftus Road, which obviously by then will be ready. So that's what the clubs agreed upon. And Watford uh, decided to host the game on the 6th, excuse me, the 5th, pardon me, of August. And then they will play Plymouth the following weekend at the Vic as well. So that is a rarity for Watford to start their brand new season, the Watford men with two home matches in a row. Well, that's two home matches that Watford have got to be looking to get six points from. Simple as Plymouth, of course, newly promoted to the championship now will always be a tricky test. Any new newly promoted team from any division coming in is always going to be a tricky test for a team who have previously been in the same division or even if they haven't. So 
These promoted teams are going to have a lot to prove. And Queen's Park Rangers, who Watford just cannot seem to beat at all. You have to go back several years of the last time that Watford defeated Queen's Park Rangers. And the last time that happened was back in 2019 when Watford were in the Premier League. QPR were in the Championship. It was an FA Cup game. Etienne Capoue's goal just before halftime was the difference in the game that saw Watford advance past Queen's Park Rangers and get a course to the FA Cup final that year. But since then, Watford have not defeated Queen's Park Rangers at all. They've lost at least two consecutive home games to QPR in the championship. If I can remember correctly, they lost the game at, Queen, at home to QPR under Cisco. They lost the game at home to QPR under, which, which, were, which was it of the three managers the previous uh, season that they had that they lost under? It was, right, it was actually Rob Edwards, who, of course, now is no longer in the championship. We'll leave it at that. But, um, but they've lost a couple of games at home to QPR since that win at QPR in the Cup in 2019. Of course, they've also lost. They had a draw against QPR away from home and they had a loss to Queen's Park Rangers this past season. It was under Chris Wilder last season. You remember that one where the QPR won 1-0. That was a really raucous game at Loftus Road where you had fans, Watford fans, fighting each other, for God's sakes, on the pitch and in the stands or wherever the heck it was. But that is the way it's been going for Watford. They do not beat Queen's Park Rangers very often. And so this will be a, a prime opportunity on Saturday, August 5th to get that turned around for the better as Watford take on QPR. Now, the bottom line here is, is that I think you're going to get a more committed to Watford. Now, whether or not that turns into three points on Saturday is another story. Gareth Ainsworth will be back in the chair for QPR. But the bottom line is, is that we've seen the new additions, right? I've told you about Reese Healy and Tom Ince, Jamal Lewis, Jake Livermore. And of course, Matthias Martins is back. Another one-year deal for him. Um, I, I like Ma Matthias Martins. I would like to see him uh, flourish in this Valerian Ishmael. Let me just call him Valerian. Uh, in Valerian's lineup, I would like to see that happen. Realistically, we know there's still a few weeks left of the uh, transfer deadline, um, which comes up at the end of the month of August. And you know that there will be other, that some players will be cut from Watford, will be let go or put out on loans. Matty Pollock, I, I would expect, probably is going to be going out on loan. Um, I'd expect also a very, uh, you know, I'll expect some other players as well. I won't name any other players at the minute. But I will expect some other players to be moving on a loan basis as well for the entire season. But Martins, I think, has to be one of the players in the mix. Now, for me, um, let me talk about some of these key players. I've talked about Daniel Backman, uh, who is going to be the captain and the responsibility that, that goes with that. Um, but let me talk about some key players. But before I even do that, the preseason, really, I don't factor anything in in the preseason. There was a 0-0 draw against Bournemouth, a 1-1 draw against Arsenal at London Colney. There was a 2-1 defeat to Crystal Palace and a 3-0 win behind closed doors at the Vic just a few days ago against Peterborough. Now, look, you cannot say anything about this because they only played four preseason games. Um, and, and plus, it's not match conditions. You don't have the same intensity. It's just not going to be 
anything you can base anything on. They could have lost all four of the games. They could have won all four. They could have drawn all four. It wouldn't make a single Hills Beans worth a difference because you cannot start looking at preseason and go, oh, they won four games. They're going to be world beaters. Oh, oh, they lost all four. They're going to be in deep, deep doo-doo in the championship. You can't do that with these preseason games. The, the focus of these preseason games is fitness. It is to employ strategy and shape and it is in to employ an impl- a plan of input from the manager. That's it. And also not to get injured. So those preseason games don't mean anything to me at all as far as Watford men are concerned. I would say that the fact that they only lost the once and they lost once and it was to a Premier League team in preseason I think is nice. But again, it really doesn't factor in anything. You can't go off of any of what you see from that situation and that scenario. So back to these players. And I think there are going to be some key players this season. Toby Adeyemo, how will he do in his second season? Ryan Andrews, same thing. James Morris, same thing. These youngsters who've come up through the academy, um, I'd like to see how they do in this first full season now in the Watford men's first team. And also, I want to see this pipeline from the academy continue. For these men, male players, I want to see the men's academy bring up more players throughout the season. Keep that pipeline of energy going and promise going. I would like to see how that shakes out. Adrian Blake, we know, is no longer with Watford. He goes on to different pastures. I wish him all the best from the academy there. I know he is no longer a Watford player to the best of my knowledge. But the bottom line is is that the three players I named, Adeyemo, Andrews and Morris are going to be fixtures and staples in this side. I certainly hope that Valerian Ishmael does that. I expect that that he will uh, because the work ethic is going to be there from all three of them. And and that's exactly what Valerian Ishmael wants. As you heard in the audio, he is all about the work ethic, pulling your weight, no passengers, track back for the benefit of everybody, the team. doesn't matter what position you're playing on the pitch. You have got to be accountable for it and do your work up and down the pitch, both sides of the ball. That is exactly what Valerian expects. No more, no less than that at the minimum, and 110% effort. And the intensity, as you heard in that audio, is exactly what he wants. And if Watford bring intensity to these games, they're going to have a, a, a successful season. I don't know where that's going to take them. I don't think it's smart at this point to start looking at where Watford are going to be. I will make an assessment on Watford and where they're going to be once this um, transfer deadline has window is shut. And then you can make a better assessment once a squad is culled down to the 25 names that you will uh, expect on there. But we'll see. We'll see. But at the moment, what I am expecting is a more intense Watford. A Watford that plays for the whole team, not just for themselves. That's what I'm expecting at the early going before we get to the transfer window closing at the end of next month, at the end of, uh, excuse me, at the end of August, pardon me. That's what we need to be looking at here and getting focused on here. And uh, I think that that's what these Watford men's players will get to do. The other players that I would like to see that I really have uh, some concerns about, or at least players that are going to be key players um, for this season, one way or another for Watford, the men's players, Yasser Aspria. I want to know how he develops now. He's got some competition from these other players like the Adeyemos and Andrews and Morrises. 
and uh, you got to look at how Aspria fits in. I think uh, you know there were managers last season that were reluctant to play Aspria, citing him being eighteen years old. I don't think you can really be talking like that now. New manager, you've got eighteen-year-olds, the likes of Adeyemo and Andrews, or eighteen and nineteen-year-olds, and James Morris, who's right around the same age, or or maybe he's twenty, whatever. You can't be talking about well, we're not going to play Yasser Aspria anymore. We're going to shelve him. And Matthias Martins, who's also a youngster, you can't be talking about bringing players like Martins in here and then you're not going to play him. So, look, if if Valerian has another plan for these players, that's well and good. And that's as may be. But there's no excuse now. You can't be telling me you're making the squad younger and then you're not going to play these players. That's not going to wash. It's not going to make any sense to most Watford fans anyway, from the way the from the way I see it and from where I sit. So I expect that you're going to see the youth being served as they should be. I think many of us have called for that over the last couple of seasons. We want this team to be younger. We want the academy players involved. And I think now you're going to be seeing the academy players involved as they should be at this juncture. Um, Watford now have to be doing this in the long term, not just the short term. So that is where it should be as far as the team is concerned. And yes, yes, Esprit is part of that as a youngster, 18, 19 years old. And the fact that he's got Matthias Martins, who plays similar position to him, really, across that four line. Esprit is more of an attacking midfielder type, but he can play um, advanced positions on the right side, sometimes in the middle as well. And you've got, and you can play across the, on the left side, I think, as well with, with Espria. Uh, but he's more of an attacking midfielder. Martins is more of a winger, but he can also drop back. You know, Martins and uh, and Espria are not dissimilar in the way they approach the game. They've got good pace, um, and they've good good passing ability. So, will one of those two players be sidelined or loaned out? That's my question. I don't think Martins will be, and I actually don't think that Espria will be. And I think you might still have Espria coming off the bench. I think that he's probably better off the bench at this point, but Valerian might have another plan for Espria. He might have him starting. I think Espria should still be coming off the bench, and if you want to start someone, start Martins, if you're going to have it that way. But we'll see how that looks coming up on August the 5th. We will find out very soon indeed about that. I think Samuel Carlu is another key player. What's going on with Carlu? He's obviously back healthy now. He's had a lot of injury issues. He's been one of the bright sparks in the Premier League campaign that resulted in Watford's relegation. And he was always someone that I think some Watford fans were really looking forward to. And he was a bright spark and an infusion of energy and a passion where a lot of the Watford players weren't. Uh, at that time. And I will want to see where Samuel Carlu lands. Will he stay or will he be loaned out? I think he should be a card in the pocket of Valerian as an ace to be pulled out because you never know if Carlu, he can bring you, and I'm saying you never know, you never know. Uh, you know, he can produce a lot when he's given the opportunity to. And I don't think that Carlu has been given an entire opportunity to do that. Now, he's come into games, he's played parts of games. He's been injured. It's been a stop-start for Carlu. But I would like to see Carlu kick on now. And I think this is the season for him to do it. Now, whether the manager 
thinks that that is going to be the case or not, we will wait and see. But Carlo is another person who will be a key player one way or another, I think, this season. Will he be in the squad? Will he be loaned out? And can he stay healthy? That's the question, I think, for any player. But that's my look at Carlo. Ido Kayembe, who missed a lot of last season and who had two or three very influential games in midfield for Watford. Ido Kayembe, for me, is another key this season. Will he be back in a midfield pairing with Imran Loser? Because Loser's back, he's healthy, he's back, he's available. Uh, Loser's been part of that uh, captaincy squad group where he will be part of that staff um, in that group. So he's now got a bit of a leadership role too. And will Kayembe be next to him? We'll see about that. Kayembe, you know, there are times where he's drifted out of games and not made his mark at all had the ball taken from him mid- midfield. But there have been times, two or three times, I can remember, where he was sterling. He was brilliant. He was brilliant in the games I can remember against Burnley. Um, I can remember the game, especially away from home against Burnley. There's another two or three games he played where he, I thought, was terrific. Um, grafted, worked hard. Coming back from injury now, where does his future lie with Watford? Of course, we'll see when the roster comes out um, and they have to pair it down to 25 The other two players that I also would raise some question marks over, and I would also call them key players, Tom Deli Bashiru. What is his role on this Watford team now? Tom Deli Bashiru, I think, is a good footballer, very good professional. The unfortunate thing is he's been injured a lot in his career, and he's had some setbacks. And I want to see where his mentality and focus will be now. Does he have the confidence now to bounce back and kick on again. And will Valerian trust him? I think he's someone worthy of trust. I think that you should be trusting TDB. But will Valerian do that? Because I think TDB, if Ido Kayembe is not in the mix, I think TDB is ready to step up. He showed you that in a few games last season when he was with Watford in the first team. I would like to see him assume that role alongside um, Imran, I would like to see that. I'd like to see Imran and TDB work together. If I remember correctly, they were doing a bit of that last season. And TDB, I think, either got loaned out or he suffered another injury. So that's another key player for me. And a slash slash question mark. Where does TDB, Tom Deli Bashiru, fit in to this Watford team, this Watford men's first team going forward? I think that's critical because I think he gives you a number of things, some stability. I think he gives you good discipline. He's a very disciplined player, TDB. I think he knows his role very well. I like the way he passes the ball. He has a lot of confidence and he he's carried the scars. He's experienced the setbacks. He's got a strong mentality. I think he's mentally resilient, mentally tough. And I do think he's a, a far professional. He's somebody who... Uh, It's hard not to like TDB. He's someone you root for, and I'm rooting for him to have an impact this season at Watford now. Whether or not um, Valerian allows that is another story. There's a lot of unknowns there, Um, and that's what we have to see and let the season play out before, at least before I start making any predictions, Um, because uh, I don't want to continue to get things wrong as far as Watford are concerned, although I've been able to get some things correct about Watford Um, But I think that this season is a completely different animal because we just do not know 
what this squad's going to look like uh, until that uh, window is shut. I don't think Watford are going to do a lot of deals, by the way, um, when the transfer window closes. Will Watford fans have wanted more? But we, yeah, of course, maybe we would want more. Um, but the reality is this club is cash strapped. And um, this is the thing, as long as there's debt, you're not going to be able to do much with this unless you um, have someone come in and take this debt off of Watford's hands and get it out. But the other player, the last player I want to talk about, who I am concerned about, who I also think is a very key player, is Jeremy Ngakia. Where does Jeremy Ngakia fit now at this club? I think he's shown you flashes of good potential under the right manager. I think he has done pretty decently. When Chris Wilder was here last season, I thought that Jeremy Ngakia looked more lively and more engaged than he had in previous iterations of manager at Watford. And I like to see his attitude about taking a shot on goal. I don't think that Valerian Ishmael subscribes to that. I think he's much more about staying bread and butter and disciplined to your task and keeping your intensity. Uh, I think his model is very different. But I want to know where Jeremy Ngakia fits in. I think he deserves another chance, one more chance. He has had signs. He's had injuries, of course. That's been a real problem for him too, like TDB, lots of injuries. But also, he's not getting the playing time when he is healthy. And where does he fit? Because you've got Jao Ferreira, who's also at right back. You know, is he going to go out on loan again? I, I think he had gone out on loan for a season-long loan, if I'm not mistaken. But I'd have to check that back. Um, but if Jao Ferreira is still part of the Watford makeup, where does that happen for um, Jeremy Ngakia? And now that you've got Jamal Lewis here, and then John, Jamal Lewis is left back, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. I think I mentioned that earlier. But you've got... Um, Ryan Andrews here. So you've got Ryan Andrews, who is a, a player who really did very well at right back last season coming up through the academy. Where does that leave Jeremy Ngakia? Does he get shipped out on loan? Does he get a permanent transfer? What happens to him? Because you've got him, Jean Ferrero, Ferreira, and you've got Ryan Andrews. Now, you do need at least two deep at every position. I'm not, su I'm not suggesting otherwise. But where does Jeremy Ngakia fit? Because I think he's now, I don't know what his age is now, but I think he's in the position after being at Watford now for, what, four seasons? I think he's in the position now where he needs to be kicking on and showing you really what he's about. And I feel that if he doesn't get that chance this season at Watford, I think he'll be on his way out. I think he could be on his bike as soon as September. Um, if the uh, Watford uh, uh, brass, the Ben Mangas of the world, if you will, and the Valerians of the world, if you will, think that he is not going to fit into their plans, he's going to be off. I don't know that Jeremy Ngak is going to be waiting around on the bench for another chance. I think he probably thinks of himself as a first-team footballer who should be starting. And if Valerian Ishmael doesn't think that about him, then he's going to be on the bench. He might be playing the cup games. But I don't think that Jeremy Ngakia should be doing that. I think that Jeremy Ngakia should be showing us what he can do in these games. Now, again, it's a small sample size. There are some Watford fans not satisfied with the output of Ngakia, have not been pleased with him as a right back. 
I am a bit more forgiving, though. I think that he's, yes, he's had some tough times, but I do think that there's still some flashes of potential with Ngakia, and I think that Valerian Ishmael should give him that chance. I do. Now, he's probably not going to start ahead of Ryan Andrews. I think that's fair to say. I think Ryan Andrews deserves that right-back spot to start with, to be the starter. But I would like to see Jeremy Ngakia show us what he's about for this season. I really would. Again, I think it's healthy to have competition for places, and there certainly will be that under Valerian. I think that Jean Ferreira, if he is not going out on loan, um, will provide that competition. But it's all healthy, and I do think that Ryan Andrews should be winning that spot uh, in, in any competition to start at right back. I think his performances have earned that. But again, it's a brand new manager. You never know what Valerian might end up doing. And you can't look at the preseason lineups as a guide to that because they are just warm-ups really for implementing strategy rather than for any real serious footballing. You're not going to get that until the game against Queen's Park Rangers. So that is what I look at as far as the players go. Of course, there are lots of players um, who are still at the club, but players, I think, who are going to be the kinds of players that Watford fans will want to see more from and have a better attitude. I think that the vast majority of the players I've not named are players who have better attitudes, who are still here. The likes of a Francisco Alta. It's great to see him back healthy. He looks like he's raring to go. Wesley Hurt looks like he's raring to go. Ryan Porteous looks like he's raring to go. Uh, the, the likes of these other players I've talked about as well, who I've mentioned, looking raring to go. You know, I really think that these players are going to have a new lease on life under Valerian. And I hope to see uh, that I'm proven correct on that. We will see about all of that, of course. There is lots more to talk about. There's also Vakun Bio, who looked like he's raring to go. And I hope that he learns from the lessons of last season. Uh, he scored a couple of times in preseason in the game against Peterborough a few days ago. I want to see a, a, a renewed lease on life for him. He did not score the goals, the many goals I thought he would score in the season, last season for Watford. But under a new manager, perhaps he will get that chance. We cannot have nearly enough goal scorers. We need goal scorers who are going to put the ball in the back of the net. Now, whether Valerian and Ishmael puts uh, Bio out on loan again, we'll see because Bio's been on loan already. Uh, I think he wants some stability, but can he connect for Watford now in this second season? Because we will need lots of goals in this championship. Lots of goals. When I come back, a final word about Watford and us, you and I, the fan base. Welcome back to Yawns, Season 3, Episode 1. Watford and the season upcoming, the season preview. And in this final segment of this brand new edition, in this brand new season of Yawns, a look at two things. One, the kits. Well, we've uh, seen those, the away and the home. And the home kit for me is a disaster. I do not like this new home kit for the Watford players. I think it's, a, I don't like it. Um, you've got yellow and you've got black, but there's so much, so much of the black and so little of the yellow. It seems like an away kit. And I don't know 
who designed it at Calmay, uh, who who was behind all of this. But I think this is the first kit that Calmay have got wrong. Now, look, I mean, I know there are some who thought that the kit in the season that Watford got promoted in from the championship in 2021 was also the home kit, at least, was not the best either. But I think that Calmay, it's the first mistake I think Calmay has made in their kits for Watford since they started. And um, we'll see how it goes. Maybe people will take a liking to it. But for me, I would have loved a better home kit than this one. And again, no red shorts. I think somebody has suffered against the red shorts at home for Watford. But I can tell you that this kit, this new home kit, has, I think, been disastrous. And hopefully next season, because the works are in now to have the kit ready for next season, they're already designing next season's kit. I mean, that would be the 2024-25 season I'm talking about. So hopefully that kit for the season after this new one will be a lot better than this home kit spin because I do not like it. And it is a new sponsor, Mr. Q. Um, but the bottom line for me is this kit is a miss on the home side. Now, the away kit, which is the white kit with the burgundy trim, it's better, um, a little bit better, certainly better than the home kit for this season. But the away jersey, I think, is good. It's tidy. Of course, Watford last did burgundy back in 2014, I think it was, 2014, um, when they did have uh, 2013-14 season when they did that. In the best of my memory, um, they did have a burgundy shirt then. That's the last time I can remember that they had burgundy anywhere on their kit uh, in terms of their playing kits. There was a bit of burgundy last season in some of the training wear. But this season in the away kit itself, there is burgundy trim and burgundy shorts and burgundy socks with a white uh, shirt. Now, they had the white shirt the last time they did that was, of course, in the 2018, excuse me, the 2020-21 season when they got promoted at the end of the 2021 portion of that season when they did have a white alternate shirt there. The third shirt was a white shirt. Um, or, Or maybe it was the second, the away shirt was white. So bottom line is that this is the first time they've had this now in about two or three seasons, a white away shirt. And again, I like the way it looks. It's fairly simple design, no pattern really. I mean, there might be a kind of a watermark pattern, if you will, uh, of swirls on that white kit, on that jersey. But I think it's a good jersey. Um, not the best, but it's still a upgrade, certainly a better one than the away, the home jersey this season. So that's what I'd say on the jerseys. Again, my stance has been, and this goes now into the final final thing I want to say. My stance has been I'm not purchasing any more Watford merchandise until we see changes. Um, A, on the pitch, and B, where the board's decision-making is concerned and this owner, um, which which is something I'm still fully committed to. The don't let uh, two months off and one fan meeting deceive you um, because the ultimate thing here is that actions speak louder than words and... It, Owners of clubs can say all kinds of things before a group of fans. And then when the season begins and progresses, can do quite another thing altogether. So that must be kept top of mind as we go forward. 
And I think to all the Watford fans out there who are committed to seeing a change at Watford, not just on the pitch, but off it, please keep your passions and intensity where it should be. Yes, it's a new season. Yes, it's a clean slate in terms of what's going on on the pitch, new head coach, new personnel, all the rest of it. But that should never diminish from the real issues that still exist at this club. And what we want to see now is change. And we've got to continue to be willing and be absolutely ready to register and voice our frustrations. What happened last season at this club cannot be repeated this season. The ejecting of fans who are complaining about the ownership must end. That cannot happen this season. The saying things like free speech is not allowed inside Vicarage Road, that must go. That must end. That kind of statement must go. And what I want to see is a full, clear statement from the club, from the owner, that makes it clear to the fan base what is and is not permitted in the way of speech. If you are going to put forth an edict that says Watford fans are not allowed to have a protest banner against the owner, then put that out there on the record in writing where we can all see it. In my view, it still flies in the face of free speech. In my view, that should not be allowed. Fans should be allowed. They absolutely should and must be allowed to display banners that disapprove of the owner's handling of things at the club as long as the banner does not have any offensive words on it. And you know what those words are. Words that children should not be hearing or saying. Things that are racist, things that are sexist, things that are misogynistic, things that are anti-LGBTQ, things that are anti-people with disabilities. Things that are anti-religion in terms of anti, say, anti-Muslim. Islam, all those kinds of things, anti-Jewish, all those kinds of things. That's what I am talking about here. And it should be made clear in a statement to the fan base, to the fans everywhere, so everybody's on notice. But when you do these kinds of stealth operations and you eject fans for having banners peacefully holding them up that do not violate specifications, you are doing yourself a disservice as a so-called family club. You must allow Watford fans their right to protest. And if that continues not to be the case, then we must continue to stay away from Vicarage Road. It's as simple as that. I am not purchasing merchandise until these things are changed about this club and until this club develops a much more fan-friendly and above all, family-friendly approach to inclusiveness and welcoming of all types of people, everybody. This heavy-handedness has got to end. This nastiness and this dismissing of fans and treating them as if they're cattle has got to end at Vicarage Road. And I will continue to be talking about this throughout this season as long as it continues. Because I still think there's a significant amount of the fan base now that has been softened up now by the realities of a meeting 
by the realities of a new season. So it's, oh, let's turn the page and forget about last season. I don't think you can do that. That's what's got us into trouble in the first place. Too many forgiving fans. We need to be much more judicious and we need to be much more watchful and much more willing to hold the club that we love into account. Hold them to account. Don't buy the merchandise. Don't pick up your season ticket renewal. Don't purchase tickets for the matches. That's how you voice your concern with your pocketbook, with your wallet. That's when you make it very clear to the club that what they're doing is not to your liking. Now, I've said over and over again, the club does some very important work off the field. It has to be supported and saluted. But the things off the field as it concerns some of the fan base and this throwing people out of the uh, stadium because they seem to have an objection to what the owner of the club is doing, that's got to end. As I said, it's got to end. That is not good for Watford Football Club. It flies in the face of what Elton John and Graham Taylor were about at this club. Flies in the face of it. And if Graham Taylor were alive, he wouldn't recognize some of this club because of some of the behavior that's been going from the top of this club over the last few years. And finally, one other thing. Stay vigilant. And don't settle for second best. Make sure that your voice is heard at Vicarage Road in a peaceful, respectful way. There are going to be ups and downs throughout the season. And we also have to remember one other thing. This club must stay rooted to its traditions. It must. It must. There needs to be more diversity and inclusion at the club as well on many levels. Not just on the pitch but inside the boardroom and across Watford Football Club. We all can improve. I can improve. You can improve. And this club and its owner must improve. There has to be better quality video at Hive Live. This season has to be different. It must be different. Actions speak louder than words. No more dodgy video. No more sound that we cannot hear. No more pictures that we cannot see. And we want some quality analysis from Watford co-commentators. John Marks has done an excellent job. I'm not talking about John Marks here. You know who I'm talking about. We need better professionalism from the co-commentator, the color analyst, if you will. We need to have from our summarizer, if you will, a better presentation and behavior and a focus on the football and not on what someone looks like or how much they weigh. In fact, I would love to see Helen Ward take that position as the summarizer next to and alongside John Marks, if she has the time in her busy life to do that. But if it is not going to be Helen Ward in that summarizer's chair, then whomever it is, whether it's the pre-existing person in the summarizer's chair or someone else, will have to do the fan base a lot more respectfully than they have in some of these games and actually start to take on a mantle of maturity and professionalism. This is a club that we're very proud of. And although there are things at this club that we may not like, some of us, there's lots of things still to like. And that includes the way we carry ourselves, not just as fans, 
but also as people in the boardroom. You have to do a better job than you've been doing. And that also goes to the summarizer. You have to do a better job. Take a cue from John Marks, who has been exemplary throughout his time at Watford. Take a cue from him and show some leadership and respect, not just for yourself, but for all of those who are paying good money every week for Hive Live to hear or see what it is you have to say. And make sure that the quality of the broadcast is better, the technical kinks ironed out. It would be a really good thing if that could happen. I think the fans are owed nothing less at the barest of minimums. And there's got to be the lifting of restrictions on all kinds of things when it comes to travel and all kinds of things. Watford fans need to be treated like they are members of the Watford family, not like they are members of that family up the M1. We don't need to go any further than that. And I think you know what I'm talking about. Respect the fans of Watford. Respect the fan base. And never forget who your roots are and who you are and where you're from. And the kind of principles and values that you are supposed to espouse. I want to see this club go back to those values again. Not to some kind of quasi-fascist behavior. Because that has no place at this club or in any society. Don't forget to follow yours truly on Twitter at WFC on Instagram at WFC and of course the Yawns YouTube channel. That would be youtube.com forward slash at sign Y-O-U-O-R-N-S-W-F-C. Please subscribe at the channel, won't you? And there'll be more, lots more to come from the channel coming up this brand new season. Don't forget to join after every football match this season for Watford, certainly on the championship level. Don't forget to join the Twitter space at WFC for your thoughts, my thoughts, our thoughts on the match, starting off with Queen's Park Rangers coming up on Saturday, August the 5th. And of course, Instagram. We'll be doing the very same thing there too, at WFC about half hour or so after the match is over, as we'll talk there as well. So that's it. Lots to look forward to. And of course, your thoughts are always welcome. Everyone also welcome, always on these Twitter spaces and elsewhere. Don't forget, I want to say thank you very much indeed. Welcome to this brand new season. It's great to be back with you. Omar Moore here. Put you on, and until uh, next time, coming up very soon, of course, it's Omar Moore once again saying, Yeah.